0: what's up design family welcome back to another episode of fit design tv so glad to have you back on the channel on today's episode we'll be going through my top knit types to incorporate into your sportswear designs when it comes to fabrics a brief introduction we know that we have two core families of fabrics on the one side we have woven fabrics this is one of or it is the oldest method of fabric and textile production and on the other side we have knitted fabrics When it comes to comparing and contrasting both, we've done a separate video in the past that I highly recommend you check out, but just know that woven fabrics have a lot more structure to them, but knitted fabrics have a lot of natural stretch. That's predominantly why we see knitted fabrics being used in sportswear. They have a lot of give, they have a lot of flexibility, but there are different types of knits that you can actually incorporate into your fabric textile creation. What are these knits and what are the top four families of knits that I recommend, especially for use on sportswear. Well, watch this episode to find out. What's up design family, and welcome to Fit Design TV. So glad to have you here. On this channel, we discuss all things sports fashion, graphic design, manufacturing, and technology. We'll discuss key topics, answer pressing questions, and provide actionable steps on starting your own product line. If you're interested in any of the above topics, stick around. You're in for a good one. A brief introduction before we actually get started. What are the core differences between woven and knitted fabrics? Well, it actually all comes down to the construction or the ways in which we construct the warp yarns or the weft and the warp yarns. When it comes to our woven fabrics, this is typically done on a loom and you have your weft and your warp yarns that are interlaced into a crisscross grid, and this is what creates the end fabric. But on the flip side, when it comes to a knitted fabric, this is a more modern mode of production and actually the ways in which the threads are put together, it's a single loop that essentially looks like an upside down eight, they're interlaced together in what are known as whales and cords that create these peaks and these valleys. The ways in which these whales and these cords are actually interlaced together is what actually creates the different types of knits. Different types of knits are going to have different characteristics and honestly, there's a ton to choose from and it can be a little bit overwhelming, but I'm going to run you through my top four based on my experience actually working with each of these knits. I'll be giving you guys the ways in which they're made, some characteristics that make each of them special from the rest and ultimately where specifically you want to be using these knits. When it comes down to the core types of knits that I'd recommend, we'll start off with the master of all knits. This one is one of the most popular ones. Typically, most of the knitted garments that you're going to see on the market are going to be made using this specific knit. Well, what is it? It is the single jersey or the plain knit. This one is one of the most basic forms of weft knitting. And typically, the backside, because it's different because of the mode of construction, is typically known as the reverse knit. When it comes to how this single jersey knit is actually made. It's made on a very simple machine. This machine is equipped with a single set of needles and the wails and the cords are arranged in an irreversible format. When it comes to the characteristics of a single jersey knit, well, number one is, it is an irreversible knit. You have to be conscious about what the front side is and what the back side is. Two, it has a smooth and technical front and a much rougher and less technical backside. Three, it's quite lightweight in comparison to other types of knits, especially the other types of knits that we're going to be discussing on this episode. So it can bring a very lightweight feel to the garment and this may be a plus or a negative depending on the end use. Also, because of the type of construction, because of the ways in which the whales and the cords are actually arranged, you can actually pull out a yarn and you can unravel the entire garment from a single point, which obviously is pretty much a negative in this case. And lastly, because of the single jersey construction, because I have a front side and a back side, when you cut the edge and if you don't finish that edge, this is what's known as a raw edge, it will curl up over time. So this is also one of the negatives that we see when it comes to a single jersey knit. Where would I personally use a single jersey knit or in what situations would I use a single jersey knit? Number one, definitely use it if having a cost effective garment is one of my core items. Let's just say I'm trying to create staple pieces that are well-priced, definitely going to be using for a single jersey knit. Also, if I'm trying to go for lightweight items, items that are breathable, that have an airy feel to them, then a single jersey knit is going to be one of the best places to start. So a simple cotton spandex t-shirt is gonna be a great place. You'll have tank tops that are also gonna be great. I wouldn't recommend using this type of knit on more performance-based items, items that require more structure, more compression, so definitely avoid leggings and definitely avoid sports bras. Any items that are going to be absolutely skin tight, that are going to stretch, you won't want to be using a single jersey knit. It's just going to shear too much and it's not going to stand the test of time. Next up on our list is the double jersey knit and just as the name sounds, it's essentially based and produced on a machine that has two sets of needles. I typically like to consider this type of knit as the older brother of the single jersey knit, and it brings a lot of positives with it. We can actually visually identify a double jersey knit by looking at the front and the back. Whereas with a single jersey knit, there's a clear distinction between what the front face is and the back face is. With a double jersey knit, that's actually not the case. This is one of the telltale signs of figuring out whether something is a double jersey or a single jersey. Typically on the front, you'll see a single whale of face loop, Alternating between a single whale of back loop. And if you flip it over, it's the same thing. It's a single whale of face loop alternating between a single whale of back loop. Because of this specific mode of production, you actually end up with a lot of positives when it comes to the characteristics and the performance value of this type of fabric. Number one, it is a reversible knit, it doesn't have a front face or a back face. This comes especially into handy when you're actually cutting the fabric. You don't have to worry about do I have the fabric on the right face or on the back face. This alleviates a lot of time and effort in terms of aligning and arranging your patterns. Two, it has double the thickness and the weight of a one-by-one rib fabric. This lends itself to having a lot more structure and a lot more presence when it comes to draping the fabric. Three, it's a lot more stable and a lot more compact, especially when compared to the single jersey knit. Also, it does have equal tension on all sides and it won't curl up when cut on the raw edge. And lastly, it only ladders on the ends of the fabric where it was last knitted. Again, this lends itself to having a much more durable construction and a much more durable experience than something like a single jersey knit. Well, where would I actually use this fabric? Unlike a single jersey knit construction, I'm not going to be using this fabric because it's lightweight. On the other hand, it's quite structured and it has a beautiful and very thick drape to it. So I would definitely use it on garments that are more oversized, so they have a lot more fabric to them. I don't want to, create a overly flowy appearance i want to create something that's more structured that frames the physique a double jersey knit is going to be key so on oversized apparel this is always a great option also this is going to be a great option on items that tend to take better when it comes to thicker fabrics so something like a sweater something like a hoodie going to do extremely well with a double jersey knit construction where would you use this as opposed to something like a french Terry or a brush fleece knit well in general because the front and the back faces are completely identical. You're going to want to use this type of fabric on garments where you need that thickness, but you want to have the inner face and the outer face completely identical. Third on the list is going to be the Interlock Weft Knit textile construction. This is by far my favorite of the knits. Ultimately, it's a reversible knit that has a lot of structure and dimension to it. It's very similar to the double jersey knit in the fact that it has a front face and a back face that are identical, but If you look closely, based on the way in which it's knitted, it almost has a faint twill weave pattern that you can see with these diagonal lines going across the fabric. Where does this twill appearance actually come from? It actually comes from the way in which this fabric is actually knitted and put together. When it comes to the core construction, there's two courses of loops that show that the whales of the face loops on each side of the fabric are actually opposite to each other, and this ends up hiding the appearance of what are known as the pearl loops. It's a little bit technical, but I'll put up an image on screen so you guys can visualize it. When it comes to the closeness or the knit density of the fabric, it's going to be a lot more dense than something like a double jersey knit and definitely much more dense than something like a single jersey knit. When it comes to the characteristics of an interlock weft knit fabric, number one, it's reversible and extremely smooth. Two, Most interlock fabrics typically have a very firm texture because of the ways in which they're actually arranged and they're knitted together. Also, unlike a rib fabric, here you can actually see the pro rows when you stretch out an interlock fabric, which can be a plus or a negative depending on the use case scenario. Also, it does not shrink anywhere as much or nearly as much as a one by one rib fabric which is a major plus when it comes to sportswear wear you're not going to be paying as much attention in terms of how you're washing and maintaining your fabric over time lengthwise it has a much better elasticity performance than widthwise so this is definitely something to get to take into account when you're incorporating this type of fabric into sportswear items also it doesn't have a tendency to roll on its edges similar to duck to a double jersey fabric and lastly it can only be unraveled on the end of where it's knitted so it's quite a durable compact and stable fabric in that sense well where would i actually want to use this fabric definitely the key areas that i want to use a fabric like this is where i need structural and dimensional stability these are going to be on garments that are going to stretch a lot that are going to be skin tight and that i'm going to want to have a level of structure and drape to them that are not going to get out of something like a double jersey or a single jersey knit I'd definitely use it on a fabric or a jacket that has an outer and inner shell, especially a fabric or a jacket that I'm going to need a knitted fabric as the outer shell. Also, I would use it on something that is a skin-tight tank top or a camisole tank top, specifically because I know I'm going to stretch out the fabric. I wanna eliminate any potential shear, and at the same time, I wanna create a beautiful and smooth drape over the physique. Lastly, i definitely use on bras, and leggings especially high performance and compression bras and leggings you're going to want to use a fabric that has a ton of structural and dimensional stability and you're going to get that with interlock fabric it's a great looking fabric it has a very smooth and matte like appearance and ultimately it's going to stand the test of time so your wearer, especially if they're going to try to put the garments to their bases, an interlock fabric is going to be the greatest option that you can pick from. Last but definitely not least, we have our family of rib knits. These come in different configurations. We have a 1x1 rib knit, a 2x2 rib knit, we have a 1x2, so on and so forth. This all comes down to the specific construction techniques that are used to make these knits. In short, a rib knit is a double face knit that has distinct vertical columns both on the front side and the back side can actually be formed by various numbers of alternating plain and pearl stitch ridges. This is what ends up creating the 1x1, 2x2 and different configurations of rib knits that we see on the markets. Specifically for this episode, I want to focus on the 1x1 and the 2x2. When it comes to the actual structure of these types of knits, it's important to note that these knits are always produced by two sets of needles, with the opposite ends of these needles being offset from each other. Also, It is important to note, as a side note, that the heads of these needles are actually not directly facing each other. In the beginning of this section, I mentioned that there are two core types of rib knits that I'm going to be evaluating in this episode. First one is the one by one rib, this is specifically characterized by a fabric that has every other whale that alternates between the plane and the purl stitches on the right and the back sides this is what creates that one by one vertical column grid it's quite clear to see especially when you compare a one by one rib quite next to or right next to a two by two rib on the flip side we have the two by two rib or the swiss rib as it's sometimes referred to here we have every two whales of plain stitches that are on the front side that alternate with every two whales of purl stitches that are on the back side again this creates that very distinct 2x2 two two vertical column grid that we see especially when we compare it and contrast to a 1x1 one one rib knit now let's actually move on to the characteristics of the rib knit family of fabrics number one and most importantly is that it is a completely reversible knit when the number of knit and pearl stripes are actually equal so on a one by one or a 2 by 2 rib you're going to have a completely reversible fabric that's going to make it the perfect option for cuffs, which are going to be cut, folded, and turned inside out. Also, it's very durable and quite dense to the touch, especially when unstretched. 3. It has excellent widthwise elasticity. This is predominantly the core reason why you'd ever want to use a 1x1 or a 2x2 rib. It just stretches phenomenally well on the widthwise direction. You can stretch it up to 2 to 3 times of its actual length without disturbing its structural rigidity. But it does depend on what specific types of yarns and compositions are used in the final rib knit. It is important to note that the elasticity of a rib knit fabric can actually diminish when the number of whales in each of the ribs increases. So, the more whales you have, the less elasticity you can actually get out of your fabric. And lastly, the edge of a rib knit fabric does not curl, so it's great to cut with. And ultimately, it's great if you have raw edges that are made out of rib knit fabrics. Where would you actually want to use rib knit fabrics? There are two key places that I would definitely recommend. Number one is going to be on the accessories and trims of your garments. Where are those going to be? Well, they're definitely going to be on things like cuffs, where you might have a wider set pattern for the sleeve and you want to have a cuff that has a lot of stretch to it, but can gather the fabric and sort of bring everything in at the cuffs and the waist. It's a great option for collar trims and it is a great option for waistbands that need a lot of horizontal stretch. On the other side, it's great to use on entire body garments, especially things like skin tight dresses and camisole tank tops that are going to have a very fitted appearance but are going to need to be able to stretch and move in certain directions. Look at something like a skin tight dress. The physique of the wearer is going to alter a lot depending on the chest, the waist, the hips, the legs. By having a ribboned fabric, you're going to get a lot of dimensionality and you're going to get a lot of ease when it comes to the way in which the fabric drapes over the physique and is able to trace the contour of the physique over the entire lengthwise of the body. This is a great option and I'll definitely recommend it on garments that have that skin side appeal, but you still don't want them to sheer. You want them to have structural rigidity and you want to have a little bit of thickness of the fabric. Well guys, that is it, that is a wrap on this episode, that's been my top key types of knits to incorporate into your core sportswear designs. To recap quickly, we looked at four core families of knits, the first one was the single jersey or the plain knit, the second one was the double jersey, the third one was the interlock knit, and last one was the family of rib knits, specifically the one by one and the two by two rib knits. Guys, I know this was a little bit of a dense episode but hopefully you learned a thing or two. If you guys enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy this type of technical textile content. Please consider smashing a massive thumbs up. It really does help us out. Consider subscribing to the channel if you haven't done so already. Also, check the link in the description if you want to hop on a one-on-one consultation call. I hold limited spots every single week. You can ask any question you want regarding how to start your own fashion brand, how to design, develop, produce an actual tech pack that you need, how to communicate with manufacturers, and a ton of different things, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Fit Design to Me. Until next week's episode, stay awesome.